0: Welcome to the Church 214 Podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Good morning. Good morning. I don't even know where to start. Thank you, guys. All right. My name is Mike Crowey. I'm a part of the teaching team here. And I'm going to turn my podium. Uh, I preach about once a quarter or so. We've got a really big teaching team. So I brought three messages to give you this morning. No, I'm just kidding you. I, actually, I'm not. I probably could preach all three. Um, we're opening with a new series. It's called Tension. And it is tense right now for me. Um, There's just so many things I could praise Jesus about, and I wanna start with all of those, uh, but I don't even know where to start. I I will say, the night we had the teaching team meeting, it had been a couple of weeks that something in my ears had just been plugged up. I weren't impacted, They weren't, I wasn't a fever, but it was just bugging me. It was completely distracting me from that meeting especially. And so I had the teaching team pray, and. you know, we flushed it out, and and within 24 hours they were clear. So I just have to say praise Jesus. Um, but that's when the tension started. So things have just been piling up. But it's going to be a good message. Um, let's start with a definition of tension, and I like this picture because if you look at it, there's uh, the definition of tension. One, the verb is. Uh, pulling opposite uh, forces pulling up opposing each other so you've got the red and the white and and it's it looks like it's pulling and all the strings but as i was standing there singing and praising i was thinking you know all those could be emotions that's the noun that's the state of being tense is all of the emotions that come with so the the strain and the pressure but it also could be us relying on god fusing us with his word and his promises. And and so they're coming back at us and we have to go through the tension. That is gonna be the underlying theme of this. And it's there for a purpose. All right, Uh, another basic premise is that there's tension, it can be good, so it doesn't have to be bad. And then the subtitle of our message is tension is in the design and I'm giving God all the credit for the design, so I'm saying he put it there on purpose. Now, I'm alluding to all these tensions. Let me just run through a few that I'm feeling right now, and I know that a lot of you can uh, relate to them. Um, Normally, time schedules. So if you have kids, you work, you have places to go, time schedules, a lot of that will, there'll be surprises. There'll be things you didn't plan for. But in that, I'm talking about trying to be prepared. So another thing that's happened in the last two weeks, I had to prepare some taxes for an organization. I wasn't really planning on it, but it fell on me. And with that, there's the preparation. So if you know the tax laws, if you have the time, if you're ready for it, it's really not a big deal. A lot of people do it for their job. Not me. (laughs) I did, but I don't now. But it can cause you tensions, you know, stress from doing that, pressure. Um, Court appearances. Uh, At work, we're being sued for something that I think is silly, but I still have to go and defend us, so we have to be prepared. But along with that, as much as I'm prepared, there's still stress. There's pressure. There's the frustration from things just not logically making sense. Public speaking. Believe it or not, I still get nervous about that. Uh, board meeting presentations. Paying the bills. Outside of the ordinary bills, sometimes ER visits come in. Things aren't always covered, so you've got those extra bills. Uh, appliances breaking down. This one makes me cry. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know why. It's uh, silly. <laughs> but it just keeps coming. and uh, But through that all, we can still rely on God. And, you know, things like that, they're little, but they're not when they all build up. And we really need to get our perspective. And I'm saying this to me right now. So all of that stuff happens. And there's other stuff that's coming. And I'm, I'm saying all this because there's the daily stuff, but there's also the life things that happen. Like... Um, marriages and births and kids growing up (laughs) okay so now you know why (laughs) oh sorry about that man oh goodness for all you visitors that don't know me this is crazy um and I'm I'm sorry but it'll all get real here in a minute so all of this stuff it takes some necessary preparation and planning but in the midst of all that we we have our expectations that may not be met so we once again tension it causes us frustration but i say all that because that's going to happen to you what i want to get to is tension in the bible i want to bring us all to that point if you are a believer you need to be reading the Bible and. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about the word pursue or discover uh, through this. Now, the first passage that came to mind when we that night we talked about tension was Proverbs uh, 26, or 25, no, 26 verses 4 and 5. They're, They're right next to each other. And in the NIV, it says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. And then verse 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. These sound like they contradict each other on the first reading, and they kind of caused me tension the first time I read it. I don't know if they do for you, but when you run into stuff like this in the Bible, do you walk away? Do you discount the rest of the Bible? Or do you know enough about the God of the universe, the God that created us, that designed us, that put this all together to, to have more for us? to dig into it, if you read this verse, and I didn't initially do this, I had a whole other definition or reason why I still think this is good, but I read it in the Passion translation, and if you read that, it almost actually makes a lot of sense, don't respond to the words of a fool with more foolish words, or you'll become foolish as he is. Instead, if you're asked a silly question, answer it with words of wisdom so the fool doesn't think he's so clever. To me, that really redirects a lot of our foolish talk, our sarcastic talk. We, we need to be clever, or not clever, but wise in our words, and we get that wisdom from God. Uh, another verse, and this is going to be funny, so laugh with me. Um <laughs> Sherry brought this one up. She said a, a verse that causes her tension is in Proverbs 31 when the the Proverbs 31 woman. Well, Proverbs 31:15 says she gets up while it's still night to provide food. And Sherry's not an early morning riser, and so getting up during the night is causes a lot of tension. <laughs> All right. So do you have any any tension uh passages that cause you tension? Um or how about a concept in the Bible that may cause you tension? Um, especially if you had to go explain it to somebody like the trinity could you do that would you be willing to to stand and describe that to somebody the word trinity isn't in the bible but the concept of one equaling three so one god and three beings the father son the holy spirit is all the way through the bible it's woven all the way through and you have to wonder Here, I'm going to get back to my worldview or what I count on about God is that he has more for us. He's woven it through there so that I'll spend time reading his word and pursuing him and figuring out this meaning. So does that cause you tension? You know, that Trinity concept is one that is, we're not capable of fully understanding it. So it presents a problem we go to explain it. We can give analogies, but they don't quite all fit does that concept, the fact that we're not capable of fully understanding God, yet we need to pursue Him, does that cause you tension? I, I think it should. I think it, but not stress. So catch that. It, it should cause you tension, but not stress. All right. This is the part where I wanted to have removable backs on the chairs. I wanted to remove all the backs so you couldn't relax and you need to sit on the edge of your seat because I want you to anticipate what we have in God's word, what God has for you. I have prayed for every single one of you, although I didn't know you by name, to hear this word today. And I want there to be attention in you when you hear this. So let's pray. Father, I come to you right now and I'm so humbled at all that you have going on in my life, let alone the lives of these people here and those that might hear it on the podcast please speak through me these words that need to be heard this morning and in the future Uh, let people take with them in in a rawness a desire and a passion to pursue you and this this is one step in their journey to follow you and i pray all this in jesus name amen all right i just want to go back quickly to that concept of the incomprehensibility of god I think it's core to study the nature of God because you really don't have any other place to start if you don't start there. Everything else is opinion or what somebody else said about it. So if we start with the incomprehensibility of God, scripture teaches us that we can have a true and personal relationship with God, but that we'll we'll never fully or wholly understand him. We're not capable of it. It's clear that... um, Ultimately, we will, I mean, I want to, how do I say this? For eternity, we will always be learning more about God. How's that? Okay, so you've got a long way to go. And I do too. Psalm 143, gosh, my eyes are, um, Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of, his, of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Isaiah 55, eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So this causes that that tension, but it's a healthy tension. Trying to know and acknowledge the incomprehensibility of God while not being able to wholly know him. And I think the more I thought about it is because we want to be in control. And this is where we need to step into giving it up to him. You could say that there's always more to learn about him. Michaela has a sweatshirt that says always more on it. And I think of all these places it applies with God. But if you, once you do this, once you accept him, once you accept his character as being all of that, you're well on your way to trust in him and firmly standing on his word as your foundation as you walk out your faith. Now, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. But it's also impossible to... To have faith without knowing him that's why i said that has to be foundational we have to study him know the characters the nature of god faith is belief in god's promises and this is this is a long road to go to give you hope but i want your hope to be placed in the right place so no without knowing god in his character faith in is the belief in God's promises which in turn are grounded in his character. In order to know his character, we have to mine the scriptures. We've got to dig into these nuggets of wisdom and we must spend time every day to glean, to discover, to reveal what its meanings are. I had a whole section that I cut out and I wanted to go back to what Phil had said at the beginning of Genesis in the Muted series about worshiping God and what we're created. Well, during creation, he creates day one. Time happens day one, and I don't know exactly when, but he starts to create the beings of the, of the sky and, and the, the sun and the moon to mark time. That is so critical to us understanding that tension is a process of our sanctification over time. So God's got us at justification when we commit our lives to him, but then we're to live out our sanctification, getting to know and be more like Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, so we need time. So uh, Romans 15, 1 through 4, I'm going to reverse these. I'm going to read four, verse 4 first. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So endurance and and the uh, encouragement through the scriptures so reading the scriptures will have encouragement to live our life over that timeline and that will give us hope to do that and then if we go back up to verse one so because we're growing in understanding it says we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up To me, that's that step that it's not all about you. Once you've been given hope, once you've learned something and you're growing and maturing, then reach back and help the next person. Or there might be somebody like your kids that you're supposed to be helping them along or the church, and I'm going to get to all that. Okay, following along this idea of searching God, God's word and living out what we learn, this process takes time. So we could say that love equals time plus action or uh spending our time in pursuit or searching out god so we spend our time anyway but it's got to be focused on searching out what he has for us he created time he created us he created us to use that time have i beat that (laughs) door i got that so how are you doing then showing god you love him through the use of your time i'll let you guys answer that one well god gives us uh, a picture of what this looks like uh in 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 searching for him what and we go to a psalm or proverbs 2 verses 1 through 5 he says my son if you receive my words and you treasure up my commands with you making your ear attentive so i've underlined all these action verbs. We have to do something. We've got to get up and do something. That's why sitting on your edge of your seat, anticipating God, we gotta incline our hearts. We raise our voice even. We seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. I would like to stop there and move into my main point, but I can't because there's more. There's more than just knowledge. Here we're searching. He's giving us an understanding, but there's so much more. If we go to Ephesians verses, or chapter 3, verses four through 14 through 19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you the strength to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being. When we reach out to him and we continue to pursue him, he gives us the knowledge, the power to understand that and and to work in our lives. And he also goes on to say how much that is, that through uh, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is, and you got to get this, this goes to an eternity thing, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Like I said, I have three or four messages in this message here. We could spend years, and I used to not, I think that would have been hyperbole before, Um, but we could actually spend years just studying the height and the breadth and the depth and the length of God's love. And then on top of that, we get this understanding of who Jesus is and what he did for us. It it kind of blows my mind. The more time you spend with it, the, the more that gets. And then you go to Ephesians 3.21, and he says how, shows us how, to, to bring that back and give glory back to God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I, I didn't want to stop reading up, but he gives us, has the potential to give us more than we can think. Everything you could dream, if you spent a day just dreaming, he can give you more than what you can think of and ask for. All right, so we've talked about this knowledge. We've talked about the power that ha- God has to offer us through faith in Jesus Christ. So what happens to us when we spend time? I'll call it in due time. Um, we want salvation, we want heaven now, but God didn't create it that way. He created us to be in this tension, to search him, to love him, to bring him glory. 1 John verse, chapter 5, verse 20 says, when we know, so we come to know, somebody tells you, you read it, you come to know Jesus. You know that the Son of God has come and he has given you understanding. So that begins the process of understanding. You don't know that day that you commit your life to Christ, but you start to understand from that day when the Holy Spirit fills you that, uh, that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. John, when he wrote this, used two words, Greek words, for the word "know." And I know Chris Taves has used the word gnosko in his messages before. Um, that's, that one is used 25 times in this passage that John wrote, stressing the knowledge that's gained through personal experience. Now, the other word that John uses in this passage is "ido." That's the way it's pronounced in uh, that Greek word. And that's the intellectual knowledge that we read. That's our doctrinal knowledge that we, we need. And we, then we grow in understanding. So we know that Jesus came to take our sins away. We know that we have passed from death to life. We know that we have eternal life. We know that we are of God when we become a believer. We know that the Son of God is come. And all of this head knowledge, if you will, needs to become heart knowledge. It's, it's straight from the Word, but these are the basic beliefs of Jesus Christ that we have. Our knowing becomes not merely intellectual, in agreement that gnosco. Um, it's not just facts about Jesus, but it, it grows us and matures us, and we had we end up getting a welcoming spirit we want more of him and we get a willingness to submit to him now this is going to be huge um and i've used it in one other message but when we talk about submission god has a mission that created us to use time to bring him glory, and he gave us all these, this variability of skills and se- uh, sets of circumstances and abilities and desires, but it's all supposed to bring him glory. So that's his mission, and we have a sub-mission. So your individual story is your sub-mission, so you need to bring that in line with him, and he will help you and give you all the power you need if you will just set your mind to that and ask him. All right. To uh, that that's the knowing that becomes the personal experience. So we know, we uh, i do that we know, we genosco him if we keep over time his commandments. So we obey him. Therefore, Philippians 2:12 says our intellectual knowledge of God, God's word is experienced as we work out our salvation. That's what working out your salvation is. It's not earning your salvation it's once you have it then working out to know him through your salvation does that does that make sense do not get off track on that it doesn't bring you any more points it just brings you in closer to Jesus all right so when I explain all this it doesn't sound like it's that much tension it feels like it but it doesn't but you all know that life is full of tension um And tension comes when we apply this knowledge to life in trusting God. So the trusting, the actual stepping. Um, Those of you that have been here know we talk about you have enough light to see the step in front of you. And that's all you're getting. And then you're going to get the next step. So we've got to trust. And that's when we do our growth. That's why this morning has been a struggle for me because I'm doing that right now. We're all going to experience tension in life as we live each day. So what do we do with this? We're gonna have suffering. We're gonna have these unmet expectations. We're gonna feel stress in stepping out in growth as we get older, as we mature, as we, you know, whatever it is, change jobs, move, Um, All of that stuff is going to happen with some potential stressors that cause tension But what I want to get to is how we handle it. You know, what's your immediate or your your custom response or your trained response? And it would probably be worth it for each of you to think about how you do respond to stressors Are, Are you one to really get upset or are you one to contemplate? But either way, what do you do then? and i'm not blaming you cuz those feelings are natural and they they it happens you know is it panic stress strain and stress yes we all get that but then we need to go into action so i talked earlier about the noun and the verb so we've got the noun we're in that state of tension we need to get into action if we have a foundation in god's nature his character Then we learn and hear about his purposes for our life to bring him glory. So not thinking about us, but thinking about him. And then we hear his promises. We start to trust him. And when we do that, we put all the weight on him. And then in comes this peace that passes all of our understanding. It doesn't make sense. The circumstances haven't changed, but the stress feels like it has changed. The tension is still there. So remember my basic, ten- uh, uh, basic premise that tension is in the design. And we discover when we search the scriptures that God puts the tension in our life circumstances in order to show us that we need him. It's to humble us because when you get to the end of yourself, then that's when he will step in and fill the void if you'll trust him. And ultimately to bring him glory. So let's go to an application of how this, how we would put this into practice. I had my message all written on Thursday into Friday, and then yesterday, yesterday, Sherry and I went to a marriage conference, and it was great. It was fun, but then it changed all this application. I was thinking, marriage, there's some good tension there, but um, I may still say something about that. But anyway, what I want to go to is, uh, you know, Sherry and I have a, a college age child, a full-time, you know, working 40 hours a week-plus working child. We've got two high school and a junior high student at home, and there, and there are dynamics about that that cause pulling and stress in, in different directions. So, you know, resources, uh, time, thinking, you know, all these different discussions going on at the same time, but it's good. It's good when you have a foundation in order to go through all that. You know, if you've planned ahead, it helps to administer that. But there's always going to be these stressors. Now, when they were younger, um, and a lot of you guys will re- get, you'll get this. It's a physical stress. You're just running all the time. You're tired. You're up half the night. Uh, but as they've grown older and some of you will get this too, it's much more emotional, it's much more thinking, it's much more uh, reacting to these unexpected discussions that happen late at night or early in the morning or by text or it may come anywhere you know, during the day. What we need though is that foundation to rely on it and that helps us in our response to the tension and I'm going to keep going back to God's Word. If you're in it, you will find these nuggets of wisdom that you can use to answer or to give you peace through it. You'll, you'll have some wisdom and discernment. Um, so right now, uh, oh, but as our kids mature, those tensions become more emotional. And along with this, it's not just dealing with it. We have to instill an ultimate purpose of preparing them to be independent in their own households and have their own families. So I'm thinking about this down the, the road, years down the road, but it's coming. So we're also entering now a new season that'll bring us more children. <laughs> um, in the form of uh, daughters-in-law and a son-in-law at some point, point. and I know Because I know, based on scripture, what family is supposed to look like. And I have some pictures here, you know, not physically, but pictures of people and families, what it should look like. And so we can aim for that, and we can talk about it, and we can negotiate these tensions with that in mind, and with these practices. So I say all that uh, to go to Psalm 127, verse 4. Because... It's a good analogy of family life. Um, One one of the verses I picked up yesterday, I'm not gonna read it all, but it's not up here. Ephesians 5 verses 25 through 27. The husband's job is to sanctify his wife by using God's word. That's applicable in all of this we sanctify meaning set apart to be holy to be more like jesus all the way through our lives by using the word of god so if we go to psalm 127 verse 4 like arrows in the hands of the warrior are children born in one's youth so let's break this down we've got the bow the arrow and the archer or i'm going to call them the warrior because that's what it says in this verse the bow is the platform of family And anybody, I know Kip is, I know Isaac is uh, um, a bow hunter, uh, Pat, uh, you know that this only works if there's tension. Tension's good, okay? But sometimes there's gotta be a lot of tension. And there's planning and there's preparation. So it's not just any shooter. This guy's a warrior. So the parents of this, using this bow of family for this arrow of our children or child, we have to be trained. We have to be planning for this, looking for this. So there's going to be tension, but we also have to purpose. Where uh, have a purpose? Where are we shooting? What's our aim? If you take that, uh, Psalm 1834, he trains my hands for the battle and my arms can bend a bow of bronze I don't even want to discuss how much pressure and tension you have to bend the bow of bronze. But what I'm saying here is that God's going to train you. He's going to prepare you if you will step into his word in this role of parenthood as a married couple, uh, when you work and relate with other people, our community that we reach out to, why we do that. Uh, how you plan for the next generation. That's all in God's word. So it's there to help us through these times of tension that were there on purpose to draw us back to him. Another verse about training, Psalm 144.1. Praise be to the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Now, why are we talking about battle and war? Because that's what life is. We are in the middle, Ephesians 6 Talks specifically about being dressed to go to battle. So we, I won't go through all that, but he tells us that we're in a spiritual battle and how to be prepared for that battle. So remember when I talked about the taxes and all the, the court appearances and the public speaking, I said there should be a time of preparation. That's now. I don't care what you've done or not done in the past, but right now is time to prepare for the battle that is going and will continue to go on. Tensions are managed in these, these tests and they're handled well in the midst of stress and strain if we're trained. Well, that same uh, 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 principle applies here with family, if we use God's word and lean on him for guidance, we're prepared to shoot these arrows out on their own for their purpose. And if I just summarize what God's purpose is for family, it's, we're designed to spend time and effort and our resources, teaching them. Deuteronomy 6 goes through. They need to know to bring glory to God in everything they do. And you do that by talking about it at your house. When you're coming and you're going, it says all that in Deuteronomy 6. And we train them. We will teach them how to read the Bible, how to pray with the purpose of growing and leaning more into the word. We'll discipline them, not in the punishment, but in the teaching them how to measure our days, how to plan and to prepare, and then to rely on God's word. What's a family supposed to look like? How are they going to know if we don't teach them? We can't rely on everybody else, all the other experts. That's your job. God designed you to be the expert for your children. So we do all that. We teach, we train, we discipline so that they can be released and become a disciple discipline disciple into God's purpose to bring him glory and like I said earlier it's as variable as every one of you we all have a different purpose and skill set and uh, attributes to use all right Isaiah 48 10 is uh he's talking to the Jewish nation but he's saying this is why we go through training he says, see, I have refined you, though not as silver. Because I have tested you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. For my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. This is the God that we serve. You've got to get to that point where you understand it's not about you. You're just lucky you get to be a part of his plan is the way we need to get to that humility All right. Well, I'm not about to be able to tell you right now where this is all headed with our family because I'm on the edge of my seat, uh, holding on with both hands, but I'm, I'm looking excitedly to see what God has in store for our family and this season as we develop it. We're praying for provision. We're praying for discernment and wisdom and leading. We're also pursuing God through his word as he shows us his principles. This is tension. We've got to spend time doing this. We've got to spend resources. And we don't have all the answers. We've got to accept that we don't and reach out to him. We could be nervous and stressed and, and choose uh, you know, just to stay there and wallow in that. Or we can choose to trust God because he does know everything. He does know where this is headed. He is sovereign over all of the details of our lives trust him and have this personal relationship with him to lead us through these unknowns and to have peace in it. I don't wanna skip that. I know I mentioned it earlier. So let's all take a deep breath because that's a good way to relieve tension. Yes. Okay, so in the same way, and we're gonna talk about peace here in a minute, but we have these principles for our families we i just want to touch on this real quickly we have these principles for church he gives us principles about the church and the members and the leaders so if you use that same analogy of the bow and the the archer and the arrow consider yourselves arrows right now Uh, right now i am hoping to be led by the holy spirit to be your leader right now this warrior archer and i want to send you by putting tension right now on your minds to dig deeper in your lives in this this church to send you guys out so for today you're going to get sent out with these thoughts the church is this bow this platform and it is to uh, bring out the faith tell people about Jesus and then help them increase their faith and then confess it and then as we grow we're here to help equip to, you know, teach the word and get you to know it, gnosco, know it, so that you have that personal relationship. And this is all on a timeline. So you've You've come to Jesus, and now we're, we're teaching and growing and equipping you with classes. And, and at some point, you're going to have skills that are leadership in some form. It could be kids. It could be set up. It could be leading up here, teaching the band. It, you know, Worship is in all these forms, but it could be greater in the Peoria area because we are on that. We are all about this greater greater Peoria area, what's going on here. And somebody might need to leave here to go lead somewhere else, another ministry somewhere else. That's part of this, and we don't know yet, but God's telling us that's part of our job as church. And then we need to practice this receiving of peace. Because once we're in his zone, the tensions are there, but we can have this peace in Philippians 4, 7. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just reading that relieves some tension for me. You know, you just know that God's got this. Just a few other verses here about what the church has to do. We're to keep watch over ourselves in Acts 20, and our flock so we care for each other we serve each other we're always asking if you need help if you need something is there some other way we can serve you because we know that God will provide through somebody else but it's got to be said you've got to be humble about it and that's what the church is for the community Philippians 1 teach thanksgiving and prayer and a life of obedience it's not about laws and checking off and and being rules oriented but it is about obeying God in the spirit. And we help each other do that. We're teaching that through obedience. Uh, 1 Timothy 3 and 1 Timothy 5 are both direction on the quality or the person that's qualified to lead. And we have to be serious about that. Who gets to teach and who gets to lead? And it will come in time if you obey and step into God's word and his trusting. Now, as I, I wrap up, I, I there's so much more on each of these topics. And I, I was suggesting, but I was serious. I have a lot of material here. But every one of these, the same principles apply. Just rely on God, but you have got to step in and change your life so that you are pursuing God. And you're going to hear more about that. But in our equip groups and over the next two weeks, because I'm just starting this series, uh, we'll continue to learn how God designed our growing to come through this tension in life and to come through it. Uh, In James 1 verses 2 through 3, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This is where I want this tension to set in your mind. Let that perseverance Finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want you to step into it. Let this tension grow you. And finally, First Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. This is a long passage, but praise be to God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy. He's given us new birth and a li- into a living hope that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. There's, there's hope in that. It can't perish. It can't fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed to the last time. Jesus is coming back. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have, suffer, have to suffer grief, in all kinds of trials, these have come that the proven gen- genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes through refined by fi- though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You know, the tension is going to be there. And if you want peace, you can have it. You can have it right now. Accept Jesus. If there's anybody on the cusp thinking, what is he talking about? Come talk to us. Me one of our leaders, ask us about this. But if you've already done it, then get ready because what I'm saying now is to pursue him and obey him. Live out this tension of life in Christ with your faith and certainty and bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we have only touched the surface here about following you, what this looks like. I ask you as we pray for power through your spirit to comprehend the depth and the height and the width and and the depth of, of you, of your character, and to be more like Jesus as we act out our tensions in life, And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Over the next seven weeks, we will be sharing with you our characteristics. Characteristics are simply values. Most people have values that they stand by. Many businesses have values, and most churches also do. We have values too. We just call them characteristics. Characteristics are simply our DNA, the things that guide us. The reasons the leadership team makes the decisions that they do are often based on these characteristics. For seven weeks, we will add one new characteristic each week to our podcast so that you better understand who Church 214 is and what guides us. Thank you so much for listening. So um, I just want to um, share with you the shaping of Church 214, breaking down, discovering depths of who we are and why we're here. We start in pursuit. We run. We are a body that boldly pursues God. Hebrews 4:16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it. We use his word as our foundation. We are obedient to his voice. We believe in miracles. We cover everything in prayer. We extend grace to others. Why are we bold, obedient, miracle-believing, prayer-covering, gracious people? We strive to be these things only to firstly know, gnosko, yada, experience him and long for him. To not want to know him is an insult to his value. It is deadness in us. But Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13 say, then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Secondly, we pursue to confirm our justification. Not that we did anything to deserve or receive mercy. The pursuit of Christ is the evidence of genuine faith in Christ as our treasure. Therefore, we must go hard after Christ in order to confirm our justification, John Piper. Thirdly, we pursue God because we are so imperfect. Not to pursue means either you don't trust God or you want to cling to your imperfections, either way you are lost. Lastly, we pursue because he has made us his own. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover, Philippians 3.12. Like I said, we are imperfect. We were born in a sinful nature. We were born defective, but by the grace of God, we may grow into these characteristics, these holy habits, if you will. When I say holy habit, I really do mean habit. What are your habits? We are creatures of them, but we need to be fostering holy ones, as individuals and as the church body. That means effort. There can only be effort to gain effectiveness. The more intimately you come to know God and His ways, the more effective you become. John Bevere, it's not passive, it's active. It means you have to wake up and get into the word, or maybe listening to version before you fall asleep. It doesn't matter when, just do it. Set a reminder on your phone every day. Before you begin, pray that God breathes fresh life into His words choose to listen especially especially if you know you don't feel like it take this active spirit with you to the people you meet on the daily seeing his people and their needs is pursuing god praying at regular and may i say irregular times throughout the day needs to happen to foster holy habits get into a rhythm get into his word If you need a place to start, try Philippians chapter 3 or Psalm 119. It's long, but it was written by King David, a man after God's own heart. I'll end with the last verse of Psalm 119. Feel free to pray these as your own words. Lord, listen to my prayer. It's like a sacrifice I bring to you. I must have more revelation of your word. Take my words to heart when I ask you, Lord. Rescue me, just like you promised. I offer you my joyous praise for all that you've taught me. Your wonderful words will become my song of worship, for everything you've commanded is perfect and true. Place your hands of strength and favor upon me, for I've made my choice to follow your ways. I wait for your deliverance, O Lord, for your words thrill me like nothing else invigorate my life so that I can praise you even more and may your truth be my strength and I'll never forget what you've taught me Lord but when I wander off and lose my way come after me for I am your beloved church have a wonderful week be blessed